family how is everybody doing today oh it was a lovely day here um actually it was close to 70 it's going to be like that tomorrow and then uh 
get a whole lot of rain. Matter of fact, we got a couple of two storm fronts are going to be coming through. And I know that there's a possibility that we can see some snow right here, um, right after Thanksgiving. And I imagine a lot of you others are going to be seeing that too, as well as two tropical developments that are, are things that are developing right now. One um, right off of Florida, one is in our Gulf, which is really odd because uh, hurricane season's over. So this is kind of late considering it wasn't a busy year. It's odd to have these things developing at this time. But so goes the world. We got earthquakes and volcanoes and hurricanes. Oh, my. Guys, this is a Kilted Christian episode 486. I have titled this one Difficult to Discuss Bible Topics or uh, Topics that Would Be Considered Taboo. Not necessarily taboo because it is in Scripture, but things that are just harder to talk about than other topics in the Bible. So I've got five of those uh, topics that are going to be set aside once we get into that. So it's going to be uh, an interesting topic. Also, uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to last night's show with uh, Nathan Moonwolf, it was absolutely great. I was so proud. He did a great job. Um, it's so hard getting on microphone so often, especially when you're not used to doing it. And he was as confident as can be. As a matter of fact, we had some listeners last night that we talked about on the show, and uh, they will be hopefully joining us within the next week or so, um, right along with Dave uh, Footloose. Um, and then we're going to be having a little special guest on as well. So going over similar topic to what we talked about last night um, in more detail. So I just appreciate uh, Nathan for coming on with me last night and talking about it. So if you have not watched that show, definitely go back and then we'll have kind of a part two conclusion, uh, hopefully next week um, as well. Uh, we got MSM Liars on tomorrow. John will be on for Thursday night. Right after that, guys, if you're ready for the get into the weekend, Douglas, my brother Douglas, is going to be on with us on Friday, so we will be chasing squirrels again. It's going to be a great show. There's a whole lot to talk about. And then next week, we have uh, DEW. That's right. Do Sprinklers will be on with me, and I'm looking forward to that conversation as well. So we've got some great things coming up. But hey, tonight first, Kilted Christian 486, difficult to discuss Bible topics. Let's get to it. We are many nations around the world, comprised of many cultures but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We're the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason. As the world tries to divide us by our differences, we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God. And as always, I'm a slow typer, so I didn't get the chance to say hello to everybody. So those of you that I missed and did not get a chance to say hello to, I am so thankful you were here. God bless you all. There's the lovely OneNote. OneNote, how are you doing? Great to see you as always. Um, guys, we're going to have a fun little topic this evening. Like I said, once we get into that, we got a little bit of news to go through first. But first, we got to say hello to Livin, who is back in the studio because her seat is not filled by a moon wolf. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, good, every, good evening, everyone. Hope everyone's had a great day today. We have. It's a beautiful day here. We're dealing with our chickens and getting them all settled. We got another new coop. I know that you mentioned that last night. So it's yeah, been a great day. Yeah, we moved, we moved the coop. Moved the coop moved over. The coop. Figured we'd get it away from the house because I do like to use my windows. And, you know, there's not much fun about smelling <laughs> A chicken coop right next to your window. So yeah. it's been moved over. We got back on the greenhouse today. Um, got some, <laughs> since the holes weren't right, or maybe we just put it together wrong, we drilled those <laughs> holes so they, they, they fit now. So uh, uh, we're we, back at that. We kind of gave up on the directions and we're just going to like put it together the way that I think it needs to go together. And I mean, hey, I know what a greenhouse looks like. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> I got some pictures for a follow. 
Yeah, we'll figure it out. A YouTube video we'll and look at. Exactly. And then we got a cistern right between the yeah. two so we can have a little water right there for the chickies and for our greenhouse. So it's going to be pretty awesome and I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it'll be great when it's when we get it all finished and stuff like that. We also have birds up there. Yeah, we've got a beautiful two, birdhouse. Yeah, two birdhouses that, that came mm -hmm. with the house. So we we actually purchased three homes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they're sitting out there, and now the the chickens and the birds all get to hang out together. Yes. So it's kind of neat. We we had to spike our uh, our chicken fence down just yeah. to make sure that you know no mongoose. Yeah, is that what, what they're it, called? I don't know, mongoose, but I don't, I don't, I don't know what you have. Um, is it a gaggle? Is it mongoose? Is it a? I don't know. Is it I a herd? Is mongoose? Is it a troop? <laughs> yeah. Is it squirrels or? Is yeah, they're just they're weasels. Just, they're weasels here. <laughs> they're weasels. Or, or uh, you can tell where we're not from. Or badgers. They got either wolverines or badgers <laughs> here. Like that. Maybe turkeys. Yeah, it's a murder. There we go. A, it's a, mur <laughs> a murder <laughs> right. of a murder of oh. weasels. <laughs> yeah, murder of weasels. That's well, funny. we. We've got foxes and raccoons here, but um, yeah. other than we the, haven't seen anything. Other than the dead raccoons that I see on the road, road we haven't. Yeah, we haven't. And I hear we have turkeys too. Yeah, we the corn's finally been cleared. It, so it's being we'll cleared see. out now, so we have a, a bigger vantage point. So hopefully, we'll get to see the deer and the turkeys here soon as well. Plus, the trees are are starting naked. to become naked. <laughs> They're so, all naked, as yeah. my granddaughter says. Exactly, yeah. Matt. Is it illegal to uh, kill a turkey if it's like? On your property? Chasing your dogs, you know. Yeah, uh, chase, dog them. chasers. You killed a turkey, it was chasing my dog. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to know that. Can you actually hunt on your own property? Snares? Can you put a snare trap out Yeah, for exactly. Them? I'm just curious. Yeah, exactly, because uh, yeah. Thanksgiving's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to snare a turkey in we'll just, we'll just, like, walk it right into the fryer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we're bad. No, but anyway, we, it's a beautiful day in Kentucky. We've yeah, with a bow, there. you can't see exactly. Oh, I figure can? they, they can't hear. Well, technically, they can't hear the bow. I guess that's what okay. I, I think that's what MSM's alluding to. Oh, okay. Oh. But it was. It was a beautiful day. My beautiful yeah. day started off with a beautiful text from MSM Liars telling me Which what a beautiful, beautiful day, day it was. was. I heard that too. <laughs> yeah, so it was awesome. We we had uh, um, hardly any chemtrails. I mean, it was great. Yeah, I think I, it was like two all day. My my mom sees them. Yeah, and, oh, there, there are those chemtrails again. <laughs> yeah, we were driving to go get some dinner, and mom was like, "The sky is so clear." And then when we came back, they were they were going across the sky. She goes, "Well, there's four of them." <laughs> That's right. I get, I did so a great cute. job raising a little conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, she is hilarious. You should hear our conversations as we're driving around and checking out stuff here. She's always like, "I love you more." I said, "I love you most. I've loved you since the day I gave birth to you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do go back and forth. It is quite cute. I like it when they do that. It's funny. But now she's uh, true love. Loving it. She, she's uh, all relaxing right now, um, all comfy in the bed with the blankets. Like, this this yeah. house actually stays fairly moderate. <laughs> you know, for you, for it me, does. For me. Mom and I are freezing. Our hands, I grabbed her hands at prayer, and I'm, her hands were colder than mine. Mine are always warm. My yeah. hands are always warm. I'm His always are warm. warm. Ours are freezing. I'm like the skinniest warm guy ever. I was yeah. built for cold climates, but I, I look like I was built for warm climates. Yeah, but. You're, it, yeah, it's our hands were pretty cold today, but it's not that cold. That's why I don't get how come we're so cold. Well, no, I just we're acclimating. Yeah, well, I, I'm I am acclimated. It's basically one of those things, you know, how it is when it warms up outside after being cold. The cold kind of hangs out in your house because I yeah. 
I think our, our heater is set to like 63. <laughs> yeah, but that's why it's cold then. <laughs> we could probably we can maybe get that it. to 69 maybe. But, but then I won't 70. be sleeping. So I'll have my window open with my leg hanging out of it. <laughs> and I'll be, but I got, I have, I have this beautiful fur blanket that has four legs and is black and white. So I don't get cold because he sleeps right next to me. And that would Well, be not in the same bed. We got to verify that. <laughs> We're still not, yeah, it, that marriage hasn't happened. I'm like literally sleeping on, on my chair next <laughs> to my window. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so guys, we're going to go into a little bit of news first, and then we will get into our topic this evening. So um, first off, oh, he's all, I've hey, got my babe. puppy up here being a little active today. How are you doing, buddy? Did you hear me say pray? Is that what it is? He's like, yes. Oh, he's asking me. Look at that. Pray, Dad. Come here, pup. He loves prayer time. Come here, baby. So uh, once again, um, now Michigan, um, Minnesota, and a couple other ones uh, that were putting up to remove Trump from the ballot, um, that's been removed. So Trump is allowed to stay on those ballots. I still haven't heard anything about Colorado. I've been waiting to hear about that. But it seems like every place that has brought this up to try to get Trump removed from the ballot, it's all failing in our court system. And I'm kind of surprised because, well, I don't trust our court system. Uh, I'll tell you one of the most horrifying things. This is like a dystopian nightmare. So. Um, Donald Trump gave Xi chocolate cake and Joe Biden and Gavin Newsom gave Xi a prey. Literally, if you guys haven't seen the footage, um, there's nothing but like Chinese flags and red banners and propaganda signs in the window. It literally, if, if you did not know that this was San Francisco or San Diego, you would assume that this was actually taken in China. Yes. It's pretty horrifying. There's like one American flag one. that they probably put in there. It is the new China. They probably, yeah, I'd imagine China probably owns it. They made like an offshore deal or something like that. They exchanged it and now they have property rights to California. But what really gets me is it's all Chinese people that are lined up on the streets. I didn't see any American people there. No. And, and I kind of scanned the crowd. And even them, they, they got into like a, a little melee with each other. So you had two sides, um, obviously different sides of, you know, who stands for what in China. You know, you have the Hong, free Hong Kong people, mm -hmm. you have the China. And I don't even know why. Like, if you hate China so much, why are you moving to America? Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so it literally looked like little mini China right here in California. Right, well, not here, but in our state, in our country, right there, over there in California. Um, it, and I've been trying. I literally spent the last three hours digging trying to find what i could about the meeting that took place between biden and xi and uh carrie was there climate you know because china cares about our climate they're yeah. like the one of the biggest Worst polluters right next to india pollution in um, the world and they, they don't care about any of this so i don't even know why they're all there we know there was something the fires going on i ended up getting something found briefly but it didn't get into any detail that um biden had something gave uh china some kind of a privilege over our military yeah. And I've been digging, trying to find something, but they are doing everything they can to keep what actually transpired in this meeting away. So I have nothing to bring to you. And I literally spent hours trying to go through and everything was just the same gaslighting, talking points. Hey, there was a meeting. They met up with China. We're doing what's best for our country, creating diplomatic relations and so forth. But they never, ever got into what took place in this meeting. So I have nothing to bring to you tonight. Hopefully I'll have something to bring to you tomorrow or Friday. Um, they got to start talking about it eventually, I assume. The other thing that I couldn't find anything about was a uh, government shutdown. Last I had heard is what I told you about yesterday. And uh, they 
basically we're, we're you know, coming up with some plan to keep it open at least until the beginning of 2024. Um, there was, I thought the Senate was going to vote on it today. Um, and did, I don't, did, did I read, did I hear correctly that they're, they're leaving yeah. for vacation? Yeah. They're going on their break. On their holiday break? Holiday break. Yeah. So like how long hmm. does that last? And, and didn't they just get back from a break and, uh, mm -hmm. oh yeah. yeah. And now they're going on. Their yeah. Holiday now they're going break. on another holiday break. Yeah. And they're getting paid from my understanding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah CC says at least they got the poop off the streets, oh, but it'll be back. It'll be back. <laughs> it'll be back the day that uh, G leaves and goes, goes back home. Yeah. And I'm not, that's probably already happened. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that all those, uh, those flower troughs that we see all over the roads don't have homeless inside of them. Um, yeah. Would that surprise anybody? <laughs> no. They'll be like, we just took this opportunity to, to get rid of a bunch of uh, homeless people for good. Cause they're all veterans and you know, people that really need mental help and help facilities and so forth. They don't care. And all this did was show that they could have taken care of this anytime they wanted to, but they don't care about you. They don't care about me. They don't care about the citizens of the country or that state. No, 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 no. Mm -mm. They need a dictator from another country who literally is doing everything they can to destroy this country and take it over. That's when you clean up your street. And then that, that comment that, that Newsom made, well, if guests come over to your house, don't you clean it? Well, try to clean the house when guests aren't coming over to the house. So we don't have to rush and clean the house when guests are coming over. Yeah. Um, but you know what, what a pompous statement to me. I'm curious as where they put up, what up, where they put all the homeless people. I was thinking more like Alcatraz. Oh no, they shoved them over on um, five blocks. Oh, so they're yeah, just wandering um, around like songs. Yeah, there was a patriot that went over there today um, that went around looking, and he said that five blocks away from where the opposite way of where all the cars would be going in and out, Gosh. that's where they put the homeless. So, How disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, it is disgusting. Mm -hmm. But believe it or not, I got some more disgusting stuff that I'm going to be talking <laughs> just, about tonight anyways. Keep it's on rolling. Worse than that. Um, this is pretty cool. Now, this is a five-minute uh, clip that I'm going to be playing for you guys. So GOP Representative Higgins asked the FBI Director Ray point blank if the FBI sent what he called ghost buses, not ghost busters, ghost buses, filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters to the Capitol on J6 and watch his Democrats rush to cut off his mic. So I'm going to play this for you real quick because this is what we need. We need more people doing this, and I'm tired of it just possibly being just a circus. Where does this go? Um, nonetheless, um, Director Ray. Last year, you might recall, sir, our exchange regarding the FBI's involvement on January 6th and prior. I'm happy to jog your memory to quote, according to the record, I asked you, did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th prior to the doors being opened? You responded, I quote, again, I have to be very careful of what I say. To which I said, it should be a no. Can you not tell the American people no? We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th. A year has passed. We sit here again a year later, we the people still do not have a definitive answer from you or anyone else in the Biden administration regarding the FBI presence and participation in the months leading up to the November election 
and in the weeks and days prior to January 6th and on January 6th here in D.C. We can't get a straight answer, although we have a tremendous amount of evidence harvested and reviewed over the course of the last year, which you will see in September, Stephen D'Artano, formerly in charge of the FBI's field office in Washington, D.C., testified to the House Judiciary Committee that he was aware the FBI informants would attend the Stop the Steal rally thrown on January 6th. You confirmed that the FBI had confidential human sources at the Stop the Steal rally on January 6th here in D.C., sir? Congressman, as we've discussed before, I'm not going to get into where we have or have not used confidential human sources. But what okay, I can we'll tell move you, on. you asked for a definitive answer. We'll move answer. on. It's my time. You said no, you're not going to answer. That's cool. We're watching. Mr. Chairman, may you're, I answer you're, the question? Your moment, your moment will come. This is my time. Earlier this year, an FBI informant who is reported to have, quote, his quote, under oath, marched to the U.S. Capitol with fellow Proud Boys members on January the 6th, close quote. He said he was communicating with his FBI handler while people were entering the U.S. Capitol. Can you confirm that the FBI had that sort of engagement with your own agents embedded within the crowd on January 6th? If you are asking whether the violence at the Capitol on January 6th was part of some operation orchestrated by FBI sources and or agents, the answer is emphatically You're saying not. no? No. You're saying no? Not okay. violence orchestrated Let's by FBI on. sources or agents. Are you familiar with, with, you know what a ghost vehicle is? Director, director of the FBI certainly should. You know what a ghost bus is? A ghost bus? Ghost bus. I'm not sure I've used that term before. Okay. Well, it's pretty common in, in law enforcement. It's, it's a vehicle that's that's used for secret purposes. It's painted over. These two buses in the middle here, they were the first to arrive at Union Station on January 6th, 0500. I have all this evidence. I'm showing you a tip of this iceberg. Mr. Chairman. These two buses Mr. are Chairman. painted completely white. Point of order. Point of order. Sure. Just run over the time. I understand, but you'll recall that Ms. Jackson-Lee's been allowed to go two minutes before. I've been very fair in letting people finish their questioning throughout my tenure as chairman, and I'll continue to be fair on that regard. But I will make a note to the members, if you could stay as close within your time as possible, we have a lot of people that want to ask these gentlemen questions. So with that, the gentleman yields. But uh, your your point, I've been very fair in this, Mr. Ivey, with everybody on this side of the aisle just as much. I don't think I accuse you of being unfair, Mr. Chairman. Uh, you're, you're making a point. Okay, thank you. Uh, I now recognize, now recognize Mr. May Gray. I close this, this statement, uh, Mr. No, no I, I, think, I think your time yeah. is expired. They could not get away Come from in. that topic quicker. And they literally, right when he pulled out the pictures and literally started showing and he said, this was just the tip of the iceberg. I'm literally just kind of yeah. opening the book right here. They could not have gotten away any quicker. One thing that really bugs me about these guys is how slow they talk. Like, mm -hmm. trust me, I could fit like three times the amount of topic into the same time that these guys <laughs> have. But they go, yeah. they just talk slow 
and then the uh, and then the um, and then the uh. No, mm -hmm. man, I would be talking as quickly as I could. Boy, you would you would be amazed at what I can jam into a two minute period yeah. or whatever these guys get. Um, but like, yeah, it, it, exactly, Nemo. Nothing happens to just yeah. hearings. Um, I'm thankful it, it's there, but, but the news doesn't play it. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So no. the people that need to see it don't see it. So I'm really not sure what good it is, right? Other than them pretending to do something that we need done just to get more votes. Cause it was like, well, I remember when Higgins talked about this, that's more than likely what it is, just votes. And, and I'm tired of it. Like I said, is I'm glad to hear it, but I want it to go somewhere. You know, it's, same thing. I talk to my mom every day. She goes, the thing's going to get better. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at some point when Jesus comes back, things are going to get a whole lot better. Yeah. Um, for but some. Other than that, we keep hearing, Oh, something's going to happen. So it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, but meanwhile, little things maybe, but nothing that we really want to see, like the J six. Yeah, or the the border being closed. Border Those are my two closing. biggies right now. Yeah. I mean, where's Johnson? I don't know. I, I he's yeah. He's, I he, I'm really disappointed in in him right now. Yeah, he seems to be uh, he seems to be a, a a different speaker, but the same kind of speaker that we've had before. Yes, no different than a Pelosi, no different than a McCarthy. Mm -hmm. That's what it seems. Like I said, I I. Can't say for sure, but man, these wheels are too slow for me. Yeah. Exactly. Way too slow. Um, this is awesome. This this came from a while back, but this is what we need more of. This was uh um Sarah Huckabee when she was our press secretary. And they asked uh the, the media asked, where is President Trump hiding his tax returns? And press secretary Huckabee's reply was uh we found a very secure place and I'm certain that it will not be found. And they ask, well, just where is where is that? You know, it's kind of one of those weird questions. Like, it's never going to be found. Well, where but is where it? Is <laughs> um, a reporter asked sarcastically, and Miss Sanders grinned sardonically and said, they are underneath Obama's college records, his passport application, his immigration status as a student, his funding sources to pay for college, his college records, and his selective service registration. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's one thing I, I do love about her is that, I mean, she went over there, exactly, mic drop, squeak. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but she's doing a pretty good job over there in Arkansas right now. Uh, one of the is. great things is she's kicking the CCP out of her state. Yep, good for her. So hopefully that becomes a little bit more contagious. People start doing some stuff about this. We need to see more of it. Um, this right here, speaking of Arkansas, <clears throat> excuse me. So, and we have another corporate ad depicting a young Roscoe from Arkansas as primary target demo to, that hates Jews. Meanwhile, we see thousands of protesters marching in city that look nothing like the working class whites. So you look at, mm -hmm. at, you look at the people right now that are out there protesting and white redneck is like the last thing that you're going to see out yeah. of these protests. But when they put these commercials out, of course, what do they do? They try to make it look like the white redneck is the one who is responsible for this. They, they always have to go back to redneck, conservative, uh, deplorable, or whatever. But listen to this commercial. I saw what you've been posting. Hitler was right. I didn't teach you that. You hide behind your screen, spewing all this hatred and ugliness. 
You got something you want to say? Get out of the truck and say it to their faces. So he's talking to his, his boy. And then he's sitting in front of the synagogue. So yeah, so this whole thing is like literally a guy driving around in his pickup truck with his boy talking about anti-Semitic stuff. Like you spreading all this hatred. Like I said, go look at any of these protests. And if you can find me three white rednecks at any of these (laughs) anti-Semite protests, man... I, I will give you a month's wage. <laughs> You're not going to see it. That's It's just, matter of fact, the rednecks just don't even care about any of this. They care about their land, their farm, taking care of each other, um, going and worshiping God. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, unbelievable, though, how they, how they try to spin this, you know? And it's like people can't see what's happening all around this world. So next, and this is pretty crazy, too. If you guys remember, there was a a teacher um, who was attacked by a student that literally just stomped on her head. And I think it was because he, she took his um, phone away because he was playing games in class. Mm-hmm. So shockingly, she has been on unpaid leave since that traumatic day, despite having to fight multiple extremely serious injuries, including five broken ribs, severe concussion, loss of hearing in her ears. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, so she has been on unpaid leave. Unpaid. Um, and this happened in the school. Yeah. You know, doing what a teacher's supposed to do, you know, taking the distraction away from the kid. I'm sure she was going to give it back, but this kid was a big dude. Like, yeah, he like was. Football player big. Yeah. And just stomped on her ribs, stomped on her head. Lady was unconscious, still beating her like crazy. Um, yeah, hopefully Workman's Comp, Suski, um, or something. Yes. Yeah, and you know what, MSM Liars, I'm surprised she wasn't charged, too. Absolutely, for grabbing his phone. Isn't that sickening, though? Oh, yeah, but but believe it or not, Hmm. we're going to reach a point here of, like, ultimate sickness. Sickness, And it's coming up here in a moment. We'll get there in a second. Oh, gosh. um, This is James Lindsay. This came from James Lindsay. He says, uh, if we don't understand low leftist activists have stolen education, we cannot save it. If we don't save it, we will lose our country. And our children will be enslaved. I hope this helps. Now, this is Mark's uh, Marxification.com is what he sends you to on the, on the link. And I'm not sure what state that was he sued. Um, yeah, it doesn't say in this article that I have up here. So if I can find it, I'll let you know. But um, uh, Rob Snyder, uh, actor, um, who's been yeah. in a lot of the Adam Sandler movies, he responds to that, uh, that, that tweet. It's been 50-year plan of attack on our education system. Communists couldn't um, get the workers to start a revolution because capitalism actually improved the lives of the workers and their families. So they went after education by indoctrinating it with Marxism, and it's working. Um, man, he's got he's brave. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah. Rob Rob Snyder um, has been very very open. He's been about vocal. yeah open conservative. Like I don't think he really cares. He still goes out um, and does stand up now because he's probably not getting too many. Movies. Oh, I'm sure he isn't. Um, but hey, in this world, um, we need to let go mm-hmm. of of the industries, anything like that. Forget the money. Um, we need to save our country because your your good paying acting job isn't going to do you much good yeah. when we're living in a communist society, which is heading here pretty darn quick. Um, next, we've got uh, 
U.S. election 2020, um, January 6th committee. So look, the Mark Meadows text messages, um, but check this out. So these are the things that ended up taking place that people aren't really talking about. So Arizona, Maricopa County, 23,344 mail-in votes without ballots received, 2,592 duplicate ballot discrepancies. Wisconsin, uh, Racine County, over 23,000 voters registered using the same phone number. Um, 40 or 4,120 people registered using the date 1-1-19-18. Um, wow. I mean, that's, that's amazing that there's that many people. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Georgia, Fulton County, all in-person ballot images are missing in Fulton County. Fulton is also missing 17,690 mail-in ballot images. Colorado, Mesa County, destruction of all election records. Pennsylvania, Delaware County, complaint alleges claims including common law fraud, destroy, delete, um, alter election data, materials, and equipment. So there's all this proof out here, and they're still trying to tell you you're just a crazy election denier. They're, they're literally going after Trump for this. Yes. Um, and, I mean, all the proof in the world's out there. Once again, you're not going to fix a broken system with a broken system. Um, I don't know how this is going to get fixed, guys. Um, we got our things focus on county, you know, building from the ground up, but yeah. this temple needs to come down completely. And well, look at what happened here with in Kentucky with uh, a Cameron. Oh, no, yeah, we had two. It was all red, two, yeah, it was all red, and then Daniel Cameron lost, yeah. And then, and apparently, there was a discrepancy in the amount of people that voted as well. On mm -hmm. top of the fact is that two of those uh election polls just happened to have gas leaks. leaks at the same time mm -hmm. you know just it would have been crazy yeah we would have been a uh, skeptical that it happened in one poll place but, but then it happens on. in two yeah yeah so next uh how do you feel about this so fremont high school in oakland california removes the u.s flag and raises the palestine flag in its place god really I mean, how does this happen in our country? I'd be climbing that pole and pulling that flag down if I was there. Oh, man, I'd be replacing it with my underwear. <laughs> Do what those guys did down at the border. Right. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, because remember when I was down at the border, if you guys that weren't with this or some of you don't recall, um, I ran into um, a special ops Marine, and I believe one of them, the other one was uh, special forces um, in the Army. Yeah. And they ended up, finding um there was a, a federal building that was waving the chinese flag on federal property yes so they went um they snuck onto the property he was in the midst of pulling his underwear off to replace it um but he didn't get that far before someone came out of the building so they took the flag and ran away with it and uh, i got that on video footage and they threw it on the ground right in front of me so i took the opportunity to stomp on it they loved me immediately they're like <laughs> all right man you, you know what's up but so great conversation with these guys. Um, but like I said, what is a Chinese flag doing flying Fine. in a federal building or anywhere in the United States, much less a federal building? You know, you figure if you're leaving, you figure that most Americans aren't going to be waving a Chinese flag. No. And you figure that anybody that ran away from China wouldn't be raising, raising a, a Chinese flag, flag either. But yeah. apparently um, our country does because we're bought 
out. We, we are sold out. Sold out. Yeah. Thank you, Biden. That's why they're not talking about what that what took place at that meeting today. That's exactly why they're not talking about it. Hey, Twinsy, good to see you. Oh, yeah. That's hey, my brother. brother. That's I know. my brother twins. Hope you're feeling better there, Steve. Um, So this is crazy, guys. I told you it was going to get sicker. Everything mm. that we talked about, this is probably the sickest thing that's happened. And I'm going to play this little clip for you. But the devil is, in fact, among us. Listen to this in church is getting robbed even as she sits and prays. I couldn't believe it. The surveillance video starts as 78-year-old Linda Morrow arrives early for a prayer meeting at Hilldale Baptist Church in Clarksville, Tennessee. Two women join her. One sits in front, the other right behind. They strike up a conversation. Then it happens. One stranger asks Linda to hold hands and pray together. Her head bowed and eyes closed. Linda is distracted. Cops say the woman behind reaches into her bag, takes out Linda's wallet, and helps herself to the cash and other items. Then she puts the empty wallet back in Linda's bag. The two women hightail it out of the church. Cops say these suspects went on a $7,000 shopping spree at a Sam's Club store using Linda's credit cards. Later that night, the outraged pastor Larry Robertson spoke out about the theft from the lectern. Keep your eye on your wallet, even at church, I guess. I just never in a million years thought about anything like that happening. It's sickening. What happened yeah, is ridiculously evil. Yeah, and they caught it on camera. This church actually had cameras in there. And, guys, does it get worse than They this? have masks on. Yeah, they, they had masks on, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so you can't see their face. Does it get worse than this? That's disgusting. Literally, the lady's sitting in the church. Um, one of the black ladies in the front turns around and says, hey, can I pray with you? And then grabs her hands. Obviously, what do you do when you pray? You tilt your head and close your eyes. So the lady who's sitting behind her reaches over the pew and steals her, her money. money straight out of her purse. I mean, this is, okay, we, we've talked about some pretty sick stuff, some pretty just horrible things, blown away at what this world has become, what our citizens have become, what our government has become. But now they're literally going in church and using prayer as a distraction to rob you. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, I was wondering how, how close you lived there to um, Clarksville there, Bob. Oh, wow. So you weren't there for 20 years. Probably like our Louisville or that weird little town. MSN will be able to tell you. Whatever that weird little city that we decided to stay in a hotel in. We are like. Let's get out of Louisville. Let's go past it and go to a safer place. And we ended up in a place that was like kind of like the worst part of Louisville. <laughs> the ghetto. It was it was pretty bad. It was one of those places that, you know, you you put a, a you'd put a freedom spreader on your side if you get out of your car to get gasoline. Yeah. That's a good thing anyway, anywhere you go now. Yeah, I know you understand those what I'm talking the about. Ghetto, yeah. Texas deplorable, the ghetto. Yeah, I can't remember what that place was called, but yeah, some parts of Lexington are pretty rough. Oh, he said it was Jackson, Tennessee. Yes, that's what it was. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was, was it Jackson, Between Tennessee? Memphis and Nashville. Okay, that's what it was. We were trying to avoid Memphis. That's what it was. But hey, Memphis, Louisville, they're all kind of the same. <laughs> yeah. They're all just yeah. like places that you don't want to stay too long or don't live or you live on the outskirts or move to Flemingsburg, which is a good distance away yeah. from all of the above. Yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, it did work out um, in the long run because we ended up finding a place that accepted my pup. Yeah. And uh, it was a nicer place. Um, and our car didn't get robbed. Ah, that's a first. Yeah, we had, um, Texas Poor, we got a, 
two people building right behind us. Man, fortunately, it's not right behind us, it's, but uh, yeah. one of them's from Morshead right down the road, so pretty cool. At least mm-hmm. we got good people. And the yep. other one are from Virginia, and my response was, hey, at least you guys aren't from California. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have two houses coming up on us. I think everybody's in a rush right now to get, get their stuff taken mm-hmm. care of before poo hits the fan. It's yeah. like everybody's in this this state of emergency. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I was blown away. I watched that, uh, that church theft video a couple times. It's like, man, I can't really be seeing what I think I'm seeing, but yeah, here we are. Um, so next we got, uh, if we get into our topic, we've got a couple more news sources to talk about. So this right here is another disgusting thing too. Um, this is law enforcement today. Veterans advocacy, advocacy group says that disabled vets did little to earn the benefits they receive from the VA. Um, I can't think of any career in the entire world that deserves more benefits than the men and the women that went overseas and were willing to die for us. And they didn't, they, they, they did it to protect our country and then get over there and fight in someone else's war, but they lost limbs. Yeah. They lost lives, sanity, lost their lives. But apparently according to these people, veterans, um, disabled vets did very little to earn the benefits that they received from the VA. Oh my gosh. Who wrote that? I know that makes me want to throw bricks too. Yeah. That makes me want to do more than that. Really big rocks. But yeah. Um, like I said, it just every little thing seems to get a little bit, a little bit more disgusting. And then you got this little cute cow. Sorry, you guys can't see the coos. <laughs> but living um, always sends me coo videos. Yes, always. Um, cute coos. So we have uh, this is interesting right here. I'm going to play this little clip for you real quick. Uh, we talked about the the earthquakes mm-hmm. that have been going on, the volcanoes that are active. Um, from what they're saying, Iceland's going to be blowing any time here. Um, anytime soon, but listen to this. They've never seen anything like this. This is crazy, kind of creepy. Volcanic eruption. Lifelong residents say they have never experienced anything like what they are seeing and hearing on the island in recent days. Let's start with this discussion of today's news with a CBS News report about the volcanic um, activity at Iceland. The headline, Iceland warns likelihood of volcanic eruptions is significant after hundreds of earthquakes. Doc, what we're seeing here is a a, a large crack that has uh, developed in a highway in Iceland. But this this crack is moving across the island. Yes, some pretty dramatic images coming out of Iceland. And people are saying they are hearing noises coming from the earth that one person described as unholy noises well it could be unholy unholy noises was the description and uh so uh cbs reporting officials in iceland are preparing for a possible volcanic eruption in the wake of hundreds of earthquakes that forced a coastal town along the nation's uh, southern Peninsula to evacuate and prompted a state of emergency. The uh, government, the Icelandic Meteorological, uh, uh, Meteorological Office, said there is a significant likelihood that an eruption will happen in the coming days. So a spike in seismic activity at Iceland. We've been uh, talking about the uh, report here. This was truly incredible. And steam is coming up out of the 
fissure there. Um, so they are predicting that there's likely going to be a volcanic eruption. Yeah, and that's coming. But yeah, I was um, I read something earlier about the same thing, and, and the residents there were describing it um, sounding like moaning demons. Now, I do know that these fissures and stuff release like probably gases from underneath, and I'd imagine you get a lot of weird whistly noises and rumbly, and just noises that you're not used to hearing. But um, all the people there all described it the same way as it sounded like uh, like moaning demons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they were they were saying, "Man, this is." With the gates of hell are opening yeah. up. Um, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. Come on, Jesus. Um, and then I wish you guys could see this thing. Um, I don't, you guys ever seen a breed of dog called the? Um, they've got two that are very similar. One of them is the Brussels Griffon, <laughs> and then uh, the other one is the Aspen Pincher Terrier, and that uh, they look very, very similar. But they look like monkey dogs. And and Levin <laughs> sent me one earlier. That straight up look. If if I owned this dog, it would be named Chewbacca. Chewbacca. It would be, be the easiest dog that I've yeah, ever had it. to name look because he looks like a little Wookie. And they're awesome dogs. They they do. They look like little monkeys, like little grumpy, so like grumpy, grumpy monkeys. monkeys. <laughs> looks like a grumpy Chewbacca. But I'll yeah. put it in Casey. Yeah, that was that was a that would be a breed that I would love. Yeah, she's gonna put that one in Casey. That that if you guys after all this crappy news that I'm telling you about, you need a good smile. Go to Kilted Christian on Telegram and look at this cute little guy. Um, so language warning, language warning. Um, but the video is pretty good because this woman just says what we're all saying with a couple of fruitful words. But check this out. Youngins, cover your ears because shit's about to get real. This is gonna be long. Any this is going to piss off a lot of you sensitive-ass pube crickets. So be prepared and know that I do not give a fuck. First off, fuck. So I come across the creator on this app, and all of her content is talking about her two-year-old transgender child who was born male and is now transitioned into being female. And they discovered that she was trans at 18 months old. How did they discover this? The child has a sister. And like children normally do, she wanted to do what her big sister did. Play and dress up, paint her nails, whatever. But what really made them notice that she was trans? The dad was coaching a t-ball team. And she didn't like t-ball. So that's what really made them realize that she was not a he. Do fucking what? Y'all have got to stop turning this shit into a fucking trend and learn how to tell your children this one two-letter word. No! Children don't know the difference between things that are for girls and things that are for boys. It's your job as a parent to teach them that. All they know is it looks like something that is fun to do or fun to play with or they just want to be like their sibling. Here, I'll show you an example. Say my son walks up to me. Mama, I want to paint my nails and wear pretty pink dresses like sister. No, buddy, that's for girls, but let's go find something else that you can do and I'll do it with you. Do you see how fucking simple that is? Second, ta. I'm a firm believer in bringing back ass whippings for children. <laughs> and before you get your panties in a wad, there is a huge difference between disciplining your child and abusing your child. Even if it's not an ass whipping, you have got to set boundaries for children and being consistent. Well, my parents popped me on the ass a few times and put me in the corner and I didn't like it. Of course you didn't like it. That's the whole point. <laughs> but I bet you learned that that was wrong, didn't you? Third, duh. Schools need to back the fuck off. It is a school's job to teach children math, science, history, blah, 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 blah. It is not a school's place 
to teach a child what gay or lesbian or trans or pansexual or any of that fucking shit is. Schools have been given way too much leadway and way too much fucking authority. And these teachers on social media that's bitching about all this, well, I couldn't put my rainbow flag up in my room. Well, I'm non-binary and I couldn't hang my flag up in my room. You shouldn't hang that up in your fucking classroom. It's gotten to the point where schools can't even have fucking American flags in their classroom. But they can have all this other fuckery hung up in there? No, no, no. And now y'all have started teaching children that everybody that walks this earth has some type of mental disorder. Which on one hand is right. Because the majority of people walking around on this fucking planet have fucking stupidity that for sure needs to be on the list of mental disorders and it should be at the very tippy top i said what i said so once again apologize for the language i wish people would make these videos with you know yeah. maybe one or two f-bombs you know but, but not a whole <laughs> bunch but but i get point, it gosh. there's a point where you're just so frustrated mm -hmm. That I don't even know if she realizes how much was coming out of her mouth when she was doing it. Um, but she was dead on it. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. Other than, the, you know, the overuse of a little bit of fruitful language. Um, I don't disagree with anything that she just said. Absolutely not. She has, she's got a point. I mean, discipline. You're, you're right. No one likes it. If they liked it, it wouldn't be a punishment. It would be a reward. So, well, yeah. And how many of you people in the chat got your butt whipped for doing something wrong and got your stuff taken away from you? I remember the hose being stripped in half. Whether they cut the hose, like they would, I had a friend where they took the hose and the father stripped the hose to where it had all these hose things coming out and he whipped his what, bottom. The, the hose? With the hose. The hose? No, not the hose. The hose at the, at the end of the noozle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, or a belt or something like that. I mean, it wasn't abuse. I mean, he didn't take it to that point, but you have to straighten your kids out. Yeah, I got, I got my butt whipped with the yeah. belt. And then eventually, guess what? My, my dad only had to pull the belt off. And then eventually all I had to do is point at the belt and didn't even have to take it off. I'm like, I got it. Yeah. And then one day um, I really messed up. Can't remember what I did, but probably deserved it. Um, <laughs> and he, and he brought me outside and he pulls out the jigsaw. He pulls out, you know, some wood. And he taught me how to use power tools to make my own paddle. <laughs> That's when you know that you better stay yeah. out of trouble. And he never had to use it. Right. Yeah, he never had to use it. Um, he would just literally bring it out, mm -hmm. you know, and then show it to me, remind yeah. me a little bit. Remember that time I taught you how to use power tools to make your, your ass whooper? Yeah. Well, I'm about to pull that out. You know, there's a point that, like I said, that's the great thing about discipline is you do it a couple of times and then eventually you don't have to. You know, just like with yeah. my dog, I, you know, I, I've never spanked my dog ever. Um, you know, but I, what I'll do is I'll just tap her on her nose and then as eventually I just snap my fingers, mm -hmm. you know, cause that's what I'll do is I'll snap my fingers when I, when I tap her on the nose and then eventually I just snap my fingers and she associates she one with the yeah. other. Um, well, I had an older brother that was nine years older than me that had some black field boots and you can hear he had, he watched me and my brother and when I or my brother would get in trouble, you can hear those, boots coming across that gravel and I just knew I was going to get my butt whipped but it just did it the boots scared me the most <laughs> I'm coming across the gravel but he never hit me thank god no, that's but, the thing though but he scared me because he was you know 
But the the, mm-hmm. the effect of uh, the boots and of, the gravel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I can. Oh God, I can hear them coming. Yeah, there's a, there's a point, like I said, where you don't have to do this one anymore. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is insinuate or let them know it's about to come. Yeah, you get popped a couple of times. I mean, because look, when I was in high school, when I yeah, when I was in school, not high school, um, but middle school and earlier, there wasn't a day that went by that I did not have a paddle on my butt. Every single day, because I could not stop talking. <laughs> yeah, I, I would just can't, talk. Can't imagine that, can you? <laughs> teachers like, why are you talking while I'm teaching? And I'm like, why are you teaching over my conversation? Um, paddle. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it was like that every day. I got the board of education. Um, they broken paddles over my butt. Um, yeah. you know, the thing is though, is uh, hey. I mean, we were all like little mischievous kids at some point, but mine was just I couldn't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> And, and look at you now. I know. No, I know. And look at me now. I, I talk so much that I have to designate an hour and a half every single night to, to, to just to get talk. this point out. Just to talk. Not, That's perfect job for you. Not, not to mention <laughs> the, the, the talking I do all the time. I talk to to live in. She's all passed out over. <laughs> I fall asleep. Oh well, there's a reason I fall asleep real quick, but. <laughs> You know, I'm tired. I actually get up really early, so that's why I go to sleep so early. Yeah, she gets up early, takes care of the dog, and mm-hmm. I take care of the dog all night. That thing yeah. starts whining at 5 in the morning. I'm the one that brings that thing outside. Yeah, we have a schedule. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, I just, I'll talk all day long. I talk through <laughs> movies. I talk in my sleep. I think the funniest part is when he does talk through the movies, he's all, did you see that? (laughs) Did you get that part? Let me explain it to you. (laughs) Let's pause it. Yep. Uh, But there's times, you know, I don't catch it sometimes. Oh, yeah. And I talk in my sleep, too. Come here, pup. Come here, pup. That's why I'm adding more shows to the list. They were Patriot Transition Boys with the... Old Jeff, when he comes back, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be talking all day long. And then Douglas, man, boy, it's imagine me and Douglas had a show. Speaking of that, you don't want to miss Friday because we'll be chasing squirrels. Matter of fact, it's going to be one of the gifts that we're doing on for the giveaway over like Christmas. It. Is we're making a kilted Christian chasing squirrels with Douglas um, sweatshirt. So, and that'll be cool with little squirrels running down the sleeve. Um, I'm going to play one more video for you real quick before we get into our topic of the evening. Um, this one right here is pretty cool and it's sad because um, we listen to a lot of these people um, that he's referring to right here. And uh, that's one of the reasons that I'm real careful. This I, I've had people offer um, sponsorships. Um, I had a kilt company offer a sponsorship, um, coffee. Um, I may, I just, we decided that um, having a sponsorship was counterproductive to what we're trying to do as a Christian show. Absolutely. So we, we have actually turned down sponsorships mm-hmm. only because I don't want that to be what this show is about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is a lot of them are about that. Dan Bongino, Tim Pool, Steve Crowder, Alex Jones, and I'll just let this guy talk about it. What's up, America? I got to have a little discussion with you today. I'm coming after some heads today. You want to know why? Because I had an epiphany. You know, as I'm sitting here doing my job, I'm a truck driver, I'm out on the road delivering goods and services to people all around, all around the fucking country. You know what I do in my spare time is I listen to podcasts. And I'm only going to come after the people that I listen to because I see a pattern here. So I listen to Dan Bongino. I listen to Tim Pool. I listen to Steven Crowder. I listen to all these men, Alex Jones, all of them. And the pattern is, is what happens is 
they build up this huge audience and they get us all riled up because the administration is corrupt, right? The administration has taken millions from China, from Russia, from here, from there. And they get us all riled up. And then what comes next? Oh, well, you got to buy our coffee. You have to buy our shirts. You have to subscribe to the channel. You have to do this. You have to do that. It's all a fucking fraud. It's all a fucking scheme to get money, to make money. While us regular Americans, we, we're out here working nine to five every day just to put food on the table. So Steve, Tim, Dan Bongino, all my favorite guys. What are you guys doing to advance the American, the American reputation? I mean, are you guys building outposts to get ready to do something? Are you guys building outposts to prepare people for the worst? Because I am. I've literally built three camps, three outposts that can hold upwards of 60,000 people. People, that is a military, that is an army. Large enough, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm building another one. This is the type of shit that I'm committed to. This is why I feel Americans have become soft. All these people that have millions of followers, millions of followers, so much influence. And what are they doing? They're asking you to buy their shit. So stop being fooled and stop being weak. America is going to need an army to do what needs to be done, period. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure what this guy's name is. It didn't say he's just a, a citizen truck driver that has a lot of time to ride around and listen to, to podcasts. And, and I'm not you know ragging on any of the people that do have sponsors stuff like that. I understand firsthand what goes into it. You know, um, we just don't come on at ten thirty and go live. You know, we spend yes. you know three or four hours a day um, getting things ready. Um, you know, researching our topic, scripture and so forth so i understand what goes into it so i'm not ragging on anybody that does this um i i feel i would just feel um less weird about you know sponsorships on a political show i think than i would about a christian show um you know so mm -hmm. you'll never see us past the collection plate around at the end of the show so uh no. yeah um but he's got a good point he does is have what, a great point. what are these people doing are they here to um are they here to do the job and to you know get to the point or are they here just to rile us up to make a little bit of extra money because these guys have money and and, and look if i if i was making a lot of money like dan bongino and alex showed some of these guys you better darn well believe that a huge portion of any of the money donations or anything that we got would go back into helping people as a matter of fact that's one thing that i talk about all the time is I, it's one common thing that she hears out of my mouth every couple of days i wish that i was doing more you know, um, other than just being on a show, I wish there was a way that mm -hmm. I could contribute more into this movement. Um, but the people that had the funding to do so aren't making these contributions. Um, you know what I'm saying? They, they get on their shows and they talk about it, um, but they don't actually go through and do anything. And then you've got this guy right here who's doing what he possibly can and uh, is actually doing what he can to give people a place to go if things get bad. So um, 
I'll figure out what, what more I can do. And I know a lot of you feel the same way. It's like, gosh, we just feel like we can be doing more. And I sit around thinking about ways to fix this stuff and ways that people can start making a stand and, you know, without us getting into trouble, without us, you know, dying or getting imprisoned or anything like that. So, I mean, it, it, it'll come to me. I always pray for that. Just keep on. If you pray for anything for us, pray that, that we come to that conclusion where we can give back more. Absolutely. Because I'm, yeah, because yeah. not a day goes by where I was just like, man, I just wish that I could figure could out how to be more. more active. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, you know, that's that's their deal. Other shows, if they want to, you know, have sponsors and stuff like that. But, you know, to me, I don't I don't feel that we need to. We're a Christian show and, you know, we'll give what we can. Yeah. And we'll help out where we can. Exactly. So in the meantime, we'll just keep doing the shows. We'll yep. keep on praying. But, Absolutely. And then, like I said, you know, when people get into a real tough spot, we got property well, here that yep. we will happily like help people out exactly. with. Um, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I've always been that way, especially since this whole movement began, especially, you know, because when you become a Christian, that's, I think that's one thing that you do is like, God, what more can I do? It's you called know? pay it forward. Yeah. You and know. Then, and then impatience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but yeah, it, it just, like I said, is that's the thing is that when you find God in your life, when you accept Christ, you just have this, like this love that just can't, you know, it just, it's out and you just, it, you feel like there's just so much you want to do and so many people you want to talk to and help and then figuring out those ways. And, mm -hmm. and perhaps we're doing them. We're just not seeing it because we become used to it. You know, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, could be. nonetheless, we'll figure that one out. But in the meantime, let's talk about the topic of this evening. What time we got? Okay, perfect. Got 30 minutes left. So um, I'm sitting there thinking we, about this article that I had found a while back, and it went over um, what they refer to as five taboo biblical topics and how to talk about them. And uh, I'm going to read a little preface for you here real quick, and then I'll get into the actual the, those particular subjects. So um, while the Bible is the sacred word of God, it is not a, quote, sanitized book. The Bible is full of controversial topics that can be difficult to talk about, especially as a Christian, but especially, especially as a Christian, when you're trying to talk to your children, um, you know, cause there's, you know, there's a maturity level that you want your kids to reach before there's certain topics that are um, talked about. Sexuality, I think is one of the, the big ones. You know, you don't want to just talk to your five-year-old about no. sexuality, um, but they would be considered, you know, the more taboo topics, the, the harder topics to discuss, you know, openly without, you know, getting um, blushy cheeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so you see some of those topics as taboo, forbidden in the conversation with others. But it's important to honestly address all the topics that the Bible includes. Because the Bible, like I said, when I say unsanitized, um, I, I mean that it's it's not completely like just clean of of all topics that you could walk out and talk to a kindergarten class about you know what i'm saying because there is a lot of violence in the bible there's a lot of different topics and subjects that took place you know i mean even the crucifixion of christ you know we may talk to our kids about the quote sacrifice of christ mm -hmm. but we don't necessarily go and he was beaten and the thorns they had were like three inches long jabbing him in his head you know we, we skip some of the details we, yeah. we let him understand that he died for us, but we don't go into the deep topic um, of all the, the horrible things that they put Christ through during that time. That's something that we would talk to them more about as they grew up and started having their own questions. Or in my case, if my kid's going to ask me the question, be mature enough to have that question, I'd probably answer it for them. Mm -hmm. 
like right then and there. Um, so, um, if you people know and ask about taboo Bible topics, you should be able to talk about them about to anyone at any time. There are ways to discuss these topics as well. So first Peter three fifteen urges always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. You can predict when someone will bring up a controversial Bible topic. Um, but you can prepare yourself um, to have loving, respectful conversations with people about any of these taboo topics. Here are some of the key Bible topics that are often considered to be, quote, taboo and how to talk about them successfully. And I've got five that I'm going to be talking about tonight because I think that these five are probably the most common that we've got to discuss. So first off, we have doubt, D-O-U-B-T, doubt. So doubt is a natural part of the human experience, and the Bible features many passages where people are honestly grappling with doubt. And when I, when I say this is one of the more taboo topics is because a lot of people think that once you have that relationship with Christ, you've got nothing but faith going from this day forward, and that's not the truth. Even your most devout preachers, even people that, that know Scripture inside and out themselves will have those days of doubt. And in my opinion, those days of doubt, when you get over them, end up restoring and possibly strengthening your faith to a stronger, um, a stronger way than it was even before you had that doubt. So doubt's not necessarily a bad thing as long as you don't let it consume you to the point where you give up on God or you turn your back on God. But even Matthew, um, that was mentioned specifically in the Mount of Olives. Um, where there would be a time that we came where Christians, many Christians themselves would turn their backs. Um, they would lose their faith completely. And I'm starting to understand how that's even possible now, where there was a time I was like, man, why would you turn your back on God knowing all that he's promises coming true and so forth? Um, and now I get it because things don't play out um, scripturally the way that people had seen them in their head. And it doesn't mean that you know, that it was wrong in scripture. It just means you had an, a wrong understanding of the way it was going to play out. So we said this before revelation. Great example is it tells us what's going to happen, but it doesn't necessarily tell us how it's going to happen. You know, so when we talk about, you know, we'll go back to Daniel and then it's connections into revelation where it talks about the, the beast of many beasts, you know, that had the lion part lion part drag, you know, all these different pieces, um, leopard or cheetah or whatever, you know, um, you know, how do you, what does that mean? You know, so some people think that it's metaphor that, you know, those pieces represent different nations or whatever. Some people like Jeff believes that when it talks about dragons and multi beasts and stuff, that it's literal, like these are things that we're actually going to see. So we got two multiple, two different perspectives just right there alone. And what's going to happen is going to be a point where people are so convinced that the prophecies are going to play out this way, then when it doesn't play out the way they saw it in their own mind, um, they're going to give up on the religion in general. And now I'm starting, like I said, we're yeah. starting to see a lot of that happen. Plus the indoctrination in school, um, you know, people losing family members, their kids to indoctrination. God, why would you allow this to happen? They walk away from God too. Um, you know, which is why we need to work on our faith, build it stronger every day. So, once again, is that doubt is a natural part of the human experience. Bible features multiple passages about it, such as Psalms. Um, when talking with others about their doubt, it is important to approach this conversation with empathy 
and understanding. Do not judge them for doubting. Um, judgment is the quickest way to, to literally have somebody completely walk away from their faith. So, you know, when you are talking to someone in a situation, go into them with complete understanding. You know, don't make them feel judged. Give them that encouragement. Maybe, you know, and I'm sure that God will will gift you with the words that you need to say um, that that person needed to hear. And it may not take right away. Just remember the importance of planting seeds is that that seed may not be ready to grow today, but it may be ready to grow in a week. And what you said, like I said, may feel like you feel like it fell on deaf ears, but it didn't because once it, it sticks in your mind and eventually it will um, grow and their faith will hopefully come back at that point. But like I said, don't ever go into it with judgment. Acknowledge that doubt is a common experience and that it doesn't necessarily indicate a lack of faith. Foster an open and honest dialogue about faith struggle. Honestly share your own doubt and experience. And that's one thing that I, I always do is, um, you know, the same thing when someone's talking to me about, you know, getting off of drugs or something, you know, I will share my worst experiences. I won't sugarcoat it. I'll be like, look, I'm not going to lie. I'm great today, but man, there was a month in there that I wanted to kill myself and didn't think I was ever going to be out without drugs. And I was achy and, and sick all the time, but I got over it. You know what I'm saying? So, Share your experiences, share your own times of doubt, and then show them where you are today so that they can at least understand that sometimes you just go to those periods. Because remember, the devil is going to be working in your life too. And the devil, boy, if he could do anything, it would be to sow that doubt into you and to make it stick. So it's just a matter of doing it the right way, sharing your doubt experiences. Let them know that you've been there before, you've come out of it. And the way I look at it too is that the higher you are, um, you know, like a preacher, a priest or something like that, they've got a lot of power by sharing their own doubts with people because they're like, oh, so you're a leader in the pulpit and you had your own doubts too and you got over it. These are the things, like I said, people understand experience and it'll help them through these times. So um, this shows you to understand what they are going through that you are not judging them. Encourage those experiencing doubt to, to actively seek answers to their questions. Remember, there's no such thing as a bad question. If someone has questions, that means that you're looking for the answer. No one's going to come up and ask me questions about God if they're not trying to find God. Yes. You know, so, and that's the thing is that it all begins with questions and then you find those answers. And God's always going to put the people into your life that are going to bring those answers to you, especially if you're, if you're seeking them with a true heart. So let them know that you um, are there to listen and to support them. When you don't know the answer to something they ask, just admit that you don't know, but pray for the Holy Spirit to guide them. Encourage people to spend time in prayer, meditation, seeking that wisdom from God and allowing space for personal growth and understanding. Remind them that God's unconditional love for them is always there. Point them to the resources that they can find to deal with this doubt, such as books, websites, counselors, particular verses in Scripture that may have answers to that. And trust me, um, the Bible's got all the answers in there to pretty much any situation you're ever going to come into. I haven't found one thing in Scripture that hasn't fit a scenario that I needed an answer to. So encourage them to pursue all inspiring experiences that help them notice the wonder of God's work in their lives. Sometimes it's as simple as just walking away from technology and spending a little time out in nature. Be patient 
as they work through their doubts, let them know that you will support them no matter what. You will never give up on them. And then don't sit there and occasionally inquire, how are you doing? Are you getting over this? And then hopefully maybe God's given you something to help them out in the meantime. But navigating doubt is a deeply impersonal journey, and each person's experience is going to be unique. So that's another thing that you have to understand is that um, everyone's perception is different than the way that you perceive things. Just like the way that we perceive ourselves isn't necessarily the way that others perceive us. Yeah. You know, we, we live within our own brains. We know everything in our lives that we would like to do better. We know the things that we do wrong. Other people don't see that, you know? So like I said, everyone's experience is going to be a unique experience. So the next one of the taboo topics, probably one of the big ones is sexuality. Um, the Bible contains a number of passages that deal with sex, including some that may be considered explicit, such as a celebration of love between a man and a woman in the Song of Songs. Also, the Bible mentions troubling sexual behavior like rape, incest, and features some verses that condemn homosexuality. Um, this has led to great conflict and controversy. Discussions about this, what the Bible says about sex can be considered taboo due to the differing interpretations of biblical passages, cultural norms, and religious beliefs. Rather than arguing with people about sexual, sexual, uh, sexuality passages, listen to their feelings about those passages and validate their feelings, even if you don't agree with them. Keep in mind that the Bible's broader message is one of love that emphasizes compassion and equality. Emphasize that God has made all people and loves them all unconditionally and equally. Remind people that God wants them to live healthy lives that help them grow in holiness, but refrain from judging people for how they express their own sexuality. Um, you know, when it comes to certain things like homosexuality is kind of one of the big ones. And, um, you know, that people go back and forth. And now there's churches that literally celebrate it. Yeah. You know, and they're and they'll be like, well, there's nothing in the Bible that says anything about it. And it's like, well, actually, yeah, there's multiple things in the Bible that, that says this is no bueno. Um, but other things that people talk about, um, self gratification, um, it doesn't talk about pornography because at that time they didn't have pornography in scripture, but it does fall into um lust. Mm -hmm. And, you know, us, you know, getting caught more into the flesh than into the relationship with with Christ. Um, I've even heard one biggie recently is that um, uh, carnal relations should only happen between a married couple, which I agree with, but I don't agree with for procreation means only. Um, I do believe that, yes, um, carnal actions are for, you know, so that you can procreate. But I also believe that, you know, sharing um, a special love with your partner as a married couple isn't frowned upon by the Heavenly Father. Um, you know, like I said, this is why this is a tab. I'm, I'm literally blushing right now. I know you can't see. Um, he is. But, uh, but here's the thing, though, is that, you know, it's different with a married couple than it is, you know, you don't get caught up in there because that's one thing about sexual relations especially is that um, the more partners you have, the more desensitized you become, and I don't mean physically, I mean mentally and spiritually, is that you lose that that um, that meaning mm -hmm. behind what the carnal actions are. You lose the appreciation. You, um, you know, same thing with pornography is it desensitizes your brain 
to a point where when you do get into your relationship, um, you, either your mind's still focused on that or it doesn't meet up with the crazy stuff that you're going to see any day going on social media, mm -hmm. much less actually going to visit some of the sites. Like, I mean, there's some pretty horrible stuff out there. Um, now it's, you can pretty much see it on TikTok and Twitter on any given day, Instagram, um, sexualizations become pretty huge. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't believe how many people are, are selling. Matter of fact, I was reading an article the other day. Um, 25% of British college females have resorted to, um, sexual careers. Um, and, I, and that's not yep, necessarily prostitution, but like OnlyFans and all that other stuff, just so that they can make ends meet, pay yep. for college, pay for their degree. But this is the thing is that the devil is, has made this world so difficult to survive in mm -hmm. that people are having to take deep alternatives in order to make ends meet. But here's the thing. When you're making those ends meet by doing those kind of things, you're not focusing on God and, yeah. and, and what God wants for you. And, and you're basically saying, God, I don't trust you enough to take care of me. So I'm going to have to go get naked on OnlyFans. Yeah. Um, There's always McDonald's or Taco Bell. You can still make money. And you know the irony, the complete irony in this is that we have been convinced that you should be embarrassed to go work at McDonald's or embarrassed to work you're at hungry, a dairy you're queen. You're hungry, you're rent's due, you're rent's due. Yeah. I mean, I've got more respect for a man working at McDonald's to do what he can to take care of his family um, for certain more than a woman who is exploiting herself on only fan social media like sites trying to sell their bodies. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, what what is a what is a man? A man is someone who is willing to do what he can to take care of who needs to be taken care of his wife, his kids, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So if you can't find a job and McDonald's is the only place you can find it, a man, a true man, will suck it up and go work a job that he doesn't necessarily like, that he's not necessarily proud of, to make ends meet. And that mm -hmm. is the kind of people that God smiles upon because they are willing to do whatever they can to take care of the people that need to take care of. But Absolutely. it's just, it's crazy how the world has flipped everything backwards to where we're embarrassed. You should be, if you don't go to, my, like my parents, my, and they didn't mean to do it, but they were like, you know, if, if you want a good life, you need to go to college. You know what I'm saying? And what, I don't agree with that. <laughs> if you want a good life, you need to go to college. No, I completely disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's um, what I'm saying. Yeah, I completely disagree with yeah. that. I just think that, uh, um, you know, but but in the meantime, it's almost like saying that you're not good enough if you go get a tech job or become an in, or you know a, a an electrician or a plumber or something like that. You know the ones that literally keep this world running. Yes. And that those are the most honorable jobs. You know, um, look what's happening today in college. Those the colleges are what's ruining kids. You're not gonna ha you're not gonna send your kid off to a welding school and have them come back talking about wanting to be a tranny and supporting um hamas yes you know exactly. what i'm saying so you're actually better at that point and then your kids like there's no better feeling than coming home covered in dirt sawdust or whatever you're whatever you work with um knowing that you worked a hard day to do what you can to take care of your family oh absolutely it's it's, it's a great feeling um and weezer man i do know what you mean about the those two places are evil it was just a i was just using them as an example which one 
uh, Taco Bell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I, I, would, I was just using those as an example. You can go always go get a job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's any job is a good job. Mm-hmm. There, there is there, there should be nowhere that you work. I mean, obviously, I won't go work at Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> and I decided that I wouldn't go work um, for the entertainment industry. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they'd be making good money doing that. But like mm-hmm. I said, you know, all, what are you doing? You're you're making money the priority, and and I trust in God enough to know that He's going to take care of us. So, um, only God is qualified to judge others. So be respectful of diverse perspectives and of sexuality, and be willing to engage in an open, thoughtful conversation about it. Even if you differ, disagree with someone's interpretation of the Bible, it is important to be respectful of their beliefs. Have a good conversation about it. We should all be grown up and adult enough to be able to have a little back and forth without um, wanting to kill one another. Um, the Bible contains a lot of specific rules about sexuality, but it is vital to understand that the principles behind those rules. Um, what does the Bible say about the importance of love, respect, and consent? How does the Bible view the human body and why? Be prepared to answer people's questions about the Bible's teachings on sexuality in the sensitive and respectful ways. Give people time to process what you're saying. Don't be offended if people disagree with you. Simply do your best that you can to answer the questions and pray with them um, about, you know, God giving them the answers that they're looking for. Um, and like I said, especially with sexuality, because that's one of those things that eventually you're going to have to have that conversation with your kid. Um, there was a point where I was like, you know what, that's a conversation that doesn't need to happen to your kids like 13 or 14 years old. Okay. But today you got to beat your, mm-hmm. you got to beat the teachers to it yeah, because exactly. the teachers are going to go on this really weird, crazy version of sexuality. And as a parent, you're going to wish that you would have that conversation with your child sooner. Um, the next one uh, is violence. So violence fills the pages of the Bible, yet the Bible also presents an overall message of peace. So the Bible describes graphic violence in our fallen world, including wars, murders, genocides, and so forth. So some people find this violence to be quite disturbing. Bible passages about violence can raise important ethical questions, especially in the light of the Bible's teachings that emphasize peace, reconciliation, and turning away from violence. So many believers and scholars engage in these discussions about the role of violence in the Bible, the historical context of warfare in the ancient world, the broader themes of justice, mercy, compassion in a violent world, Um, These discussions often reflect the diverse perspectives. So when discussing violence in the Bible, listen carefully to people's views on violence without judgment. Let them know that you are here to understand their perspectives. Focus on these principles underlying the specific examples of of violence in Scripture. Um, And how does the Bible view violence as either justified or sinful, depending on different situations? What does the Bible say about the importance of grace mercy, and forgiveness, which are always our first go-tos. Grace, mercy, forgiveness, understanding, gentleness, love, de-escalation, that should be number one. That should be exactly where we go first. There may be a point where you've got to defend yourself. There may be a point where you got to throw a rock and take down a giant. There may be a point where you got to blow horns and pull down the walls of Jericho. There, there, there comes points where you may end up having to go to the sword, but once again, Um, the man who lives by the sword will die by the sword. Don't let that be your first alternative. Um, And then what is violence? You know, I I remember watching uh, Clockwork Orange years ago Mm -hmm. and the main character sitting in jail 
and he's uh, reading the Bible. And I'm like, awesome, he's reading the Bible. But then he starts picturing himself as one of the Romans beating Jesus. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. he went way off with the, with, with the wrong way of violence. But you also got to remember, too, is that that violence, the way that Christ died on that cross, was had to happen. Had to happen. It was ugly. Um, you know, it, it made, but, but it also, you know, if Christ had just died for us, um, that would have been a big deal, but he died violently for us, which shows you what God or Christ was willing to do mm-hmm. in order to give us that chance and, and, you know, to get into heaven, that chance of salvation. So a simple death wouldn't have had the impact as putting those thorns on his head, making him carry his cross miles up to, um, miles up to the air where they ended up uh, putting the crosses into the ground, getting beaten while he was on that cross, getting stabbed in the side. Um, and then one thing too, that was kind of a miracle that I was reading about the other day is that the reason they chose crucifixions is because um, in most cases you suffered for days, days. on that cross, mm-hmm. but Christ was put up on that cross and died within hours. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, he didn't, um, he didn't suffer as long as some of those people suffer on the cross, but that wasn't the point. He didn't need to be up there long. His point right there was to get up, said, Father, forgive them. They know what they do. The temple was torn. The sacrifice was made. The blood of the lamb was shed. We have eternal salvation right now because of that. That's but like I said, if it wasn't for that violent act, would it have meant as much to us as it does? Um, like I said, Death would have been one thing, but this wasn't death. This was straight up a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But like I said, there's many other things in Scripture that required violence. Um, like I said, throwing the rock and killing the giant um, needed to happen, you know, as many other stance. So like I said, is when people talk about because that's one argument that I have back and forth. Some people's like, no, as a Christian, you know, there's no room for violence ever. And it's like, yeah. have you read the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> Did you do you do you remember Jesus on that cross? cross? You know, do you remember the giant that was slain by David? Um, I can go on and on and on with examples, but um I heed back. So be prepared to answer people's questions with gentleness rather than harshness. Acknowledge and validate their difficult emotions as they wrestle with the Bible's messages on violence. And like I said, guys, the big difference is um, you know, thou shalt not murder. You know, but, but, you know, God certainly wouldn't want you stepping back and letting people come and kill your family. Mm-hmm. He'd want you to step up and take care of those that cannot take care of themselves. Um, so the next one is uh, number four, which is death. Um, another biggie, uh, you know, especially when, you know, when you're talking to children. And Ugh, I know this is a little. This is a tough one. Yeah. yeah. I know this is a little bit morbid, um, but death always is. Yes. Um, but. Pets is a great example. I am such a huge fan of getting pets at an early age for kids. Um, Why is that? Because you want kids to understand, to be able to understand and accept um, our mortality um, before grandma dies. You know what I'm saying? It's Mm -hmm. easier for a child to have a dog or a cat that they love and then the animal passing on. It allows them to cry to understand what, what death is before they end up losing mom, dad, or grandma or something like that. You know, and I say grandma or granddad because more likely to happen while a child's younger than a parent passing away, it does happen. But I was, I'm a huge thing. You know, I I love pets anyways. You guys know I love dogs, 
but it's also a very valuable lesson for children because they can see the life process. Dogs don't live as long as humans do, so it's inevitably they're going to end up losing that pet at some point during their young life, and it gives them an opportunity to understand how to mourn, to understand that life is a precious thing. You need to embrace every moment while you were while you have that life. That God promises today, not tomorrow. So I always say pets are a valuable way to teach kids about mortality. And um, so the Bible deals with death in a matter of fact way, but it can be difficult topic for many of us to talk about. So often avoiding to do so, and a lot of people don't want to talk to their family or children about it. Um, even adults don't necessarily like talking about it. So even though death is often treated as a taboo topic, the Bible has a lot to say about death. It acknowledges the pain of death, presents guidance on how to navigate through grief. It proclaims that real hope and eternal life are possible through a relationship with God. Conversations about death can be highly personal and emotional, but it can also be very healing. Sometimes just simply talking, letting those words come out releases the pressure from the balloon before the balloon pops. Um, you know, it's very comforting to be able to talk with someone, especially someone that you truly trust about things that you don't necessarily want to talk about. So even if you sit back and you talk to God about it, just verbalize it out loud, have that conversation with God so that God can hear you openly and out loud, approach these discussions with a heart of compassion, a willingness to listen and a genuine desire to offer comfort and support. Sometimes it's as simple as a hug. Sometimes it's just giving them a shoulder to cry on or crying with them. Um, use language that is very gentle, non-judgmental. Be a compassionate person. Avoid using language that might come across as judgmental or dismissive to their emotions and their beliefs. Acknowledge the fear and the sadness that death can bring at funerals and beyond. Don't try to pretend that death isn't scary. Instead, point out how the Bible offers hope for the future, even in the face of death. Share the gospel message with people who ask what you believe about heaven. When people are open to it, you can share Bible verses that provide comfort and insight about death. Verses like John 14, 1 through 3, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 14, Revelation 21, 4, um, may be very helpful to people that are in these situations. So highlight the messages of hope, comfort, and eternal life that the Bible offers in the context of death emphasize that God's love and presence are with us in both life and death. Let people know that you're there to support them anytime, wherever, or whether through conversation, prayer, or simply being a friend who is willing to listen. Offer to share books, articles, and other resources that delve deeper into what the Bible says about death so that people can explore this topic at their own pace. Um, death is always a tough one to deal with because, you know, you know, if you're talking about someone that's lost their lives, generally it's someone that you cared about and you love. Um, but even tough for us when we lose, you know, like a mom, a dad, a child or something like that, it's really difficult to deal with, even though we know that through Christ, our life is eternal. We never truly die. Um, these fleshy sheaths that we're walking around in our, our uh, meat suits, they'll end up rotting away at some point, mm -hmm. but we don't. Our life is eternal because of our heavenly father and we live forever once we get into heaven um you know explaining uh 
that about animals to kids too is also it's a tough one. A tough one. I'm like, no, all cats, all dogs, all animals go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I, I believe that anyways. They're all going to yeah. heaven. Mm-hmm. I'd be bummed out if my my puppy, if I got raptured and, and my puppies were still here. Right. Oh, don't <laughs> I'm like, God, thank you so much for bringing me home. Yeah. Can I go back and get my dogs? <laughs> <laughs> Not me, the dogs. <laughs> Well, hopefully, yeah. I'll be with you. Hopefully, you get raptured. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm planning on it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and lastly, what do we got here? For t- oh, we're out of time, but I'm going to go to this real quick anyway. So lastly, the, the topic of the end times. It's always a taboo. It's always a tough discussion with some people. I think it's becoming easier for us today because we're watching the prophecies unfold. So when the Bible discusses the end times, the fulfillment of God's plan for the end of this world, it does so in a prophetic passages that can be challenging to understand. Discussions about the end times can touch on fear, uncertainty, and different views of the future. So end time conversations can be about many topics that the Bible mentions will occur near the end of the world on earth. We've had discussions, does rapture, pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, what does the dragons mean? You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of discussion because I would say of any book in the entire Bible, Revelation is probably the hardest to understand because a lot of it are things that we've never dealt with or seen before. So it's all like the way that our head perceives and understands it through the conversations we also have with other people. So we're going to be dealing in time conversations. Um, The Bible mentions as many things, including war, suffering, judgment, resurrection, the return of Jesus Christ. Interpretations of these passages vary widely among different Christian denominations in theological perspectives, um, which is why I'll go with the guy, Ask Clyde, or whatever his name is, he said earlier, he was like, I don't follow religion. I certainly don't follow American Christianity. I follow Christ, Christ, period. I follow the man. I follow Jesus. I follow God. I don't get wound up in the politics of organized religion. Some emphasize a literal reading of prophetic texts while others view symbolic and metaphorical descriptions of spiritual truths. And that's one thing neither Jeff and I have had some great discussions about. So while the topic of end times can be controversial, it often serves as a reminder of the importance of faith and perseverance in the context of God's ultimate plan for creation. It's important to avoid spreading fear and anxiety when discussing the end times with people rather than the hope that comes with it. It's also vital not to jump to conclusions about the complex topics involved. So when Jesus discusses the end times in Matthew chapter 24, he describes his return to earth, but warns in verse 36, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but my father only. The Bible doesn't give any specific time um, in history for end times events. So trying to guess when this will happen is pretty much a waste of time, and all it's going to do is stress you out. It's a great topic to discuss, but don't worry about when that time is. The only thing that we need to know is there's no better time than today to repent, to get right with Christ, to accept Him in your heart, to do whatever it takes right now, because we don't know we have the time. And that's the thing. That's the reason that we don't know when that time is going to be, is because Everyone would be on earth doing all the bad things they want to. And to be like, okay, it is 10 o'clock. God will be here in an hour. Heavenly Lord, please forgive me for everything that I've done wrong. God doesn't want that. He wants us to be working on all of it right now, not waiting until the last moment, which is why we do not have that time. 
So avoid speculating about the timing of this when you're talking with people about the end times. Instead, focus your conversations on how to prepare well for the end times. Talk about what the Bible says about strengthening our faith, fulfilling God's purpose for our lives, becoming the people God wants us to become. So when people ask about specific end time events, answer the question when you can, but when you don't know, just admit that you don't know, or at least say, hey, in my perspective, this is what I see, but I can't verify that 100%. You know, be honest. You don't have to be right about everything. Um, otherwise, we would be a whole lot better off than we are right now, but God doesn't need us or want us to have all the answers. What's most important about the principles is how to live faithfully to prepare for the end times. It's important to remember what the Bible is, a complex and uh, multifaceted text, and people can interpret it in many different ways. What is considered taboo can vary widely among individuals and religious communities. Some people are comfortable discussing these topics openly, while many other ones find it challenging and don't discuss it at all. But remember this, I'm going to end with this. If it's in Scripture, you shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about any of it. Not even what we would consider taboo topics right here um, in our own lives. You know, it's in the Bible for a reason. Don't be afraid to discuss these topics and have conversations with those that you love about this. So, uh, like I said, I, I love I love those because, like I said, those are pretty. Some of those are harder than others to talk about. Like I said, I'm talking about sexuality. I'm over here blushing because uh, it's a hard topic for me to openly talk about. Um, but like I said, if it's in Scripture, talk about it. So, guys, uh, we're running a little bit late, so we're going to go ahead and, and and pray out. So get into a little spiritual warfare. So if you guys would all please bow your heads. We will do a little bit of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you again for another day. Thank you for bringing us all together. Dear Lord, if, if you see it fit to give us a day tomorrow, dear Lord, let us utilize it in every way that we can to serve you in the greatest ways that we can. Dear Lord, some days are a little bit more difficult. Some days we have a little bit of doubt, but you get us through that, dear Lord, or you send someone into our life to do it. Some days, dear Lord, we have trials and our tribulations of our own, you know, just our own personal things. And we get the courage and the inspiration from you to reach out to those that we that we need to, that you always end up bringing the answers. And we're thankful for that. We're thankful for all the time that we get to pray for others, and especially those times that others get to pray for us. Thank you for all the people that are stepping up and doing everything they can to serve you during these times, dear Lord. We all have different missions. So I ask, dear Lord, that you let us hone all the skills that we have been developing since we were children. Even before we knew you, you knew who we were. Even before we knew we were working for you, you had us working with you, dear Lord, and, and I'm grateful. You look back onto your life, and it just is amazing to us, and it just gives me more faith and all of us more faith knowing that even in our worst times, you were working in our lives. Even when we were the worst that we could have ever have been, you had patience with us to allow us to get to where we are right here today. Dear Lord, we don't deserve it, but you love us, dear Lord. So I ask, dear Lord, on those days where we find it hard to love others like our enemies, those that have turned against us, those people that have walked away from us, dear Lord, let us find that love in our hearts. Let us have the same love for others that you had with us in our worst times. Dear Lord, let us continue to pray for our enemies, not just those people that we love, those people that are Christians, dear Lord, let us pray for everybody. Let us not be afraid to go up and just offer prayer to people. Even if they don't know you, dear Lord, that prayer may be what gets them to know you. Let the fruits that we bear be very apparent when people look at us. We don't have to hear that we're Christians. We don't have to, they don't have to hear that we follow Christ. 
They know, and they can see it through what we do. They can see it through the smiles that we give, the glow in our eyes. They can see you within us, dear Lord. And that is the thing is when we truly have a relationship with you, people can see you within us. So dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for walking with us, even on the worst days that we have today, dear Lord. Thank you for being in us and helping us have a better day tomorrow. Dear Lord, it is a little rough these days, and it is going to be more and more chaotic. So I ask, dear Lord, that you give us the strength, courage, wisdom, discernment, and everything else that we're going to need to navigate these times. Dear Lord, if we get arrested, let us utilize that time in prison to help other people wake up. Dear Lord, if you decide to remove us from this earth, let what we did on this earth while we were here be a lesson to others, dear Lord, so that they get the strength and the encouragement to walk down that narrow path. Don't let us waste one opportunity. Never let our hands be idle, dear Lord, because the devil will seize upon that in a heartbeat. Let us continue to work. Dear Lord, for those that are like myself, I ask that you continue to work in our lives and help us find other ways that we can contribute, dear Lord. Let us contribute as much as we can. Let us not focus on the mundane things that we have been focusing on our whole lives. Let us break apart from the flesh, dear Lord, and focus on that kingdom. Always let us have one foot in the kingdom, one foot on this earth, dear Lord, so that we are doing on earth as we would in heaven. Dear Lord, we have a lot of fixing to do here, protecting our children, protecting one another, protecting those that can't protect themselves, protecting the elders. Dear Lord, we have a lot of work to do. So never let us stop doing anything. Dear Lord, being a Christian doesn't mean sitting back and waiting for the rapture. Being a child of Christ means stepping up and acting, being a true follower of Christ. Christ, you didn't sit on your butt while you were here waiting for Father to take you home. You worked diligently every single day, gathering disciples, gathering apostles to run around this world and spread that gospel from nation to nation. Dear Lord, let us be those people. Let us spread that gospel from county to county, state to state, country to country, nation to nation. Let us continue to do everything that we can, dear Lord, to serve you because you are what gives us meaning on this earth. Life is so much more than eat, sleep, work, and repeat, Father. The moment we have you in our hearts, life has gained this beautiful meaning and given us a purpose, which makes me want to live every day as best as I possibly can. One day, dear Lord, what we can hope to do is to die doing something noble. And the only way we're going to die doing something noble is to live every moment in true nobility in your name. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Beautiful prayer. Thank you. Well, guys, um, Lyndon, thank you so much. Another great um, great episode. I know it was good to have you back in that seat. Yes. Um, we'll be having some great interviews coming up. Tomorrow yes. is a Thursday. MSM Liars, John. Right. Always a fun conversation. John and we're going to be in the house. End our Friday with uh, Douglas, chasing squirrels yeah. with Douglas, and I always <laughs> yes. look forward to that as well. But guys, I want to thank all of you out here in the chat. Um, we're so grateful for all that you contribute. Like I said, this is a great conversation back and forth. There's a, a lot that we can learn about Scripture. And sometimes we understand it one way, read it again another month or two from now. We have a different understanding than we did before. Yes. God gives us Constantly the answers. Constantly learning. Yes. Yep. God gives us the answers that we need when we need them. Sometimes he doesn't bring us those answers until we need them. Um, sometimes we've had the answer all along. We just didn't know it until the day where we need it. And it's just amazing how God works in our lives like that. We're always prepared for where we're heading into. We will always complete every mission. And I just am so thankful to be part of your family and 
to be on God's mission with all of you guys. That's it makes this ride a little bit more tolerable. That's for sure. Cause there are some ugly days. I'll Oof. tell you, I, there's days that I'm wondering, I'm just surprised that I have hair on my head. <laughs> just feel like ripping it all off or uh, <laughs> pulling my beard out. But I love y'all very, very much. I want to thank you so much for watching Kilted Christian episode 486. Difficult to discuss Bible topics. We'll be here tomorrow with MSM Liars John. In the meantime, guys, have an absolutely beautiful night. We love you with all of our hearts, and we leave you with this. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we held at the twilight's last broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets regret the bombs bursting in Our flag was Oh, say, does that star spangled banner yet wave? Have an absolutely beautiful night. We will see you tomorrow evening for Kilt to Christian episode 487 with MSM Liars on Thursday. Guys, have a beautiful night. Remember this. We are so fortunate to know how this ends. God wins. So let go of that stress. Have no need for any kind of anxiety. Have no need for fear. God will get us through this. We just need to keep on praying, praying, praying. Hold that line. Stay on that narrow path. Spread that gospel from nation to nation waking up one soul at a time, serving God through every moment, and we'll be fine. But guys, I love you all very much. We'll see you tomorrow evening. In the meantime, have a beautiful night, and God bless.